Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring the Donovan Frito Show. If you're going to fill in, you got to do it the right way. The Donovan Frito Show right here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. Filling in for Alex Dano and myself, Larry, the Amigo Milian, alongside the mainstay on this show, the star, Josh Friedman. What's up, Frito? How are you? How's it going, buddy? I'm doing, uh, doing wonderful. Doing wonderful today. I have a feeling you may not be as wonderful, but we'll be talking a whole lot of playoff baseball today. Obviously, we can't do this show without talking a little bit about Game 1 of the NBA Finals last night and some of the news coming out of Miami Heat's camp uh, relevant to Goran Dragic and Bam Adebayo. But so much to get to. Frito, your thoughts on yesterday's very unique day of baseball. It seemed like there was a start of a game every hour during the afternoon. It was eight games never seen before, unprecedented in Major League Baseball history. Did you like, hate, love, or meh it? I, you know, my, my attitude is muted because my Cubs and their Franks Cubs as well, uh, they, they lost, and they lost to the Marlins. And of all the, <coughs> excuse me, of all the teams to lose to, I'm going to get a lot of grief if they lose today and are eliminated from the playoffs. But it was pretty cool. I mean, I think it, it was good. Look, in a season like this, everything is, is so unusual, Larry. And, and you needed to include more teams in the playoffs. You needed to get fan bases excited. You know, 16 teams is an awful lot from a 30-team uh, league. But uh, so it's, it's kind of cool. I think it's pretty neat. But with just two out of three, you know, you could be the 16th team. And if your starters have a couple of good days at the office um, – then uh, you know, then the the better team is eliminated. They're going home. It's it's there's no margin for error. Well, indeed, it's it's a unique way to bring the playoffs into Major League Baseball in what I call an abridged season. I don't like it. Like I'll be just very candid with you. I don't like the prospect. Uh, as much as I'm enjoying the Marlins in this run, the Marlins would never have made the playoffs at 31 and 29. Wow. And a three-game series is much different than a five- or seven-game series, of which I believe mm-hmm. the Cubs would beat them no matter how bad you guys tell me the Cubs are playing. Um, it's fun for me because I root for the Marlins. It's not so fun for me in the sense that I tend to be a baseball traditionalist. And there already seems to be more playoff teams than I'm used to or comfortable with. To expand it to eight, while I know they had to do it this year, uh, I'll deal with it this year, but I'm I'm really not in love with the idea at all. Do you like the National League having the the DH? That the I do. Season? That I do like. That I do like. So you're a traditionalist. I do like only because I think it's got to be uniform, and you're not going to turn back the hands of time, uh, and and have pitchers hit in the American League. So it's the only thing that I'm pretty cool with changing. Being a Marlins fan. Look, we the Marlins won their World Series as wild cards, and I wasn't necessarily the biggest wild card fan. I like the playoffs the way they are now. Uh, it's bigger than what they used to be. I'm used to it. Uh, I'm okay with it now. But one thing is five teams, another thing is eight teams, and and I just I'm just uncomfortable. The Astros have just advanced to the next round, and they played under 500. They did not deserve to be in the playoffs, and that stuff bothers me. I, maybe it's just the Virgo in me, but I I, I don't find it to be great. But as unprecedented as yesterday was, it was cool to see some of the outcomes. A 13-inning scoreless game decided by Freddie Freeman's single. And a lot of good stuff that went down in baseball yesterday. I think it was good for the game. And you're right. I think it needed an injection. If there's a year you're going to pull something like this off, this is the year to do it. I, I had to mute you a little bit while you were talking because my dog is barking here. And the reason I mention it is because it's appropriate to the conversation because his name is Wrigley. Ah. So he's so, a little bit besheveled today. He's not feeling so yeah. good. What? 
what that was a strange seventh inning and in what a game was really a pitcher's duel up until then. Um, yeah, well, the Marlins kept, you know, the Marlins had, I think, up until that seventh inning, three innings in a row where they got a guy on second base with no outs and they couldn't take advantage of it. And the Cubs were just playing with fire and finally came in. And, and I guess I can say this because it's it bit them in the ass. And, uh, you know, they just, you, you only can give a team so many chances like that before they finally come and, and uh, you know, and take advantage of it. And Corey Dickerson, uh, yeah, free run homer. And just, oh, it was just, it was crushing. It was not a good day for, for me down here with that. And later that supposed game at night uh, from that sport called basketball, it was a game for the first six minutes and then it wasn't a game the rest of the, uh, the rest of the way, but you know, the baseball thing will feel more normal. You once this first round is done. Cause I think maybe then you'll feel a little bit better because then it, you know, then it's three rounds of playoffs, which is what it normally is. It, um... Starting with the division series and league championship series. And then the World Series. Right. Let me ask you, though. Seeing, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Oh, okay, fine. I was concerned about. You know, I, I, I look at all this. There's a lot of positive to get from all of this. There's, you know, there's teams that are playing uh, above their head. And, and obviously the Marlins are one of those teams that are reaping the benefits of this. But, but even the very seeding process of it, you know, where you, you see the A's and the White Sox going at it. That, that's going to be fun to see. Uh, come around today to its fruition, but I, I, I Frito, I, I'm surprised as I would have thought, you know, that you would be a little less comfortable with it, like myself. But the the one thing that I will say is is that I I believe that what we're going to get from this is perhaps a new injection, a rejuvenation, if you will, uh, of fans enjoying baseball again. I'm really hoping that it's not so much about butts and chairs right now this year. That's not what's what's in play it has a lot more to do with fans just being interested in sitting through a game and when you when you see other sports and for example how right now the finals are captivating us not just because we're all heat fans but the truth is the heat uh the truth is the finals generally do this to you um right it, it whether you play the finals in june or you play them in october apparently they're going to get watched they're going to be followed they're going to be the topic in all sports and, and, and the NBA seems to, even when they make some mistakes, they, they get it right. They do captivate the attention of their, of their fan base. And baseball, who had been slipping a little bit in that area, I think even though I don't like this scenario, this scenario is for the greater good and for the expansion of the game, or at least for the growth of, of having more fans and getting the interest regenerated in baseball, which I think is lost a little bit right now. Well, I'm going to go back to you being a traditionalist here. I want to let's bring up a couple of things. Sure. Um, and I don't know your opinion on this. I, I under th- this year is an anomaly. Everything, is, everything is so weird. Will things return back to normal in in April? I don't know. Will fans be allowed to stands? I don't know. Uh, but for instance, in extra innings, though they had there are only sixty games. They had to save pitchers' arms. You can't have these eighteen inning games. Pitchers' arms would just fall off, even with expanded rosters. And a lot of the rules changes were done with regard to that. So a couple of things I hope don't go forward. If it's the normal season next year, I, I, first of all, I do hope they keep the DH in the national league and that, you know, for years, Larry, I mean, for decades, I was against that. And, and the last few years, I kind of came around to that, you know, we would see that when national league teams would go in interleague play and go play in American league parks. Um, and so we got a little bit of a taste of that. And I, I kind of like that. A pitcher, you know, pitchers don't, yes, it, 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 
managers aren't as challenged when they have to decide do I keep my pitcher in or not. But I think we'd much rather see, you know, a, a, a basis clearing double by a DH than we would a strikeout and the guy just walks back uh, to the dugout with the pitchers batting. Correct. I hope the I hope the playoffs aren't sixteen teams. I never think that more than half the team should make the playoffs. It happens. It happens in basketball. I think it happens in hockey. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that 16 teams make the playoffs in basketball, but you're never going to get them to reduce that because of money. You know, that's the, the almighty buck rules everything. Baseball, I hope, doesn't do that. I think you need to make the playoffs a little bit more selective, a little bit more, uh, you know, you, uh, what's the word? Exclusive is the, is, the, is the word I'm looking for. It's like my fantasy football team. I love the league. It's a 10-team league. But eight teams make the playoffs. Yeah, that's I mean, basically everybody. That, 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 that seems, yeah, that seems a bit high. It's like everybody getting a participation trophy. Um, so I, I, I hope that I don't like. I don't want if it's a normal season next year. Did you like having the reason I brought up the extra innings? Did you like having a man on second base to start the tenth inning or I any subsequent it. innings? I absolutely hated that. I thought that was abysmal, and I'm glad. It's did you not... understand why they did it this yes, year? Yes, I did. I did, and I didn't fight it. I just didn't like it. I mean, but not liking it doesn't mean that it wasn't appropriate for what this year has brought to the table. For there to be baseball, there were <laughs> some concessions that needed to be, you know, made, right. and that was one of them for keeping the length of the game. The same with the seven inning doubleheaders. I actually didn't mind those. Those bothered me less. Then the extra inning man on second. Didn't like that. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, what other rules changes they have? Um, I can't think of much right now. I'm sure they had others. I just can't think of them right yeah, now. Yeah, the, the seven inning uh, double header was interesting. And at first, of course, everything I was like, blah, 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 humbug to all of it. But then as the season went on, right. I saw the value of the seven inning double header. And, and I think the reason I was most against the, the player at second is because I think it proved that it actually didn't shorten games. I think there was, they did some analysis. Yeah, but they, but I guess it just, you know, it, it lessened the chance of that 18 inning game. And I've covered, I covered a 20 inning game once. Oh gosh. You know, if you, if, if you did that, yeah, six hours and I don't know, one, six hours, so like six and a half hours. Dear God. And, and thank God for Fernando Vina, the Cardinals, that he finally got the, uh, uh, the game winning hit. He was uh, here. So that, that was a little bit brutal. Um, uh, but you know, so look, I'm glad the playoffs are here. The next round, hopefully, the Cubs will be there, so Frank and I won't uh, won't be uh, you know beside ourselves. Well, well, and then uh, Frank came in today. I'm sure you would have appreciated. It. He came and you could see he was reaching and touching the 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 W flag that we have hanging here in the Slam Radio Studio. <laughs> he was hoping that some of that luck would rub off because that came directly from Wrigley Field. I'll have you know. So I think he was trying to create some sort of synergy here, so that at least the series could go to a third game. Um, it is, it's an awkward sight, um, because I actually kind of like the Cubs. I find myself rooting for them often. Uh, so it's not like I like rooting against them. Javi Baez is probably my favorite player in baseball. Um, but the Marlins, man, they're just, to me, they're a great story. And it's something that this community, uh, has needed. I, I don't know that if it's going to put butt in, butts in chairs, but at least I've asked this question on several occasions this week. I know he hasn't won anything yet, but where are the Derek Jeter naysayers today? Like, I don't hear them that much right now, and I know that times don't call for it. But certainly there was a lot of stuff spewed his way, and while he's been 
uh, the master of good fortune and quite the opportunist like he always was as a baseball player wearing pinstripes for 20 years. The fact remains is you make your own opportunities, and it's through hard work. And I, I got to tell you, they've done a great job getting arms. Some people think too many arms, but uh, that's how this business works. You've got to start with the arms, and then you build it the other way. And and I'm happy to see them in a postseason situation, but I'm also wondering where are those – like I don't expect everybody to say, hey, I was wrong about Jeter, but where are the naysayers? I, I, I don't I just stopped hearing from them once this became a story earlier this uh uh, this season, well, I, look, I, I think I, you know, I was skeptical. I mean, after all, he had done nothing as an executive to prove me wrong, and you know, it was up to him to prove that he could do, uh, you know, what it, what uh, proved to be successful. Now they were thirty-one and twenty-nine. I think what makes that record, and that, that's a pedestrian five hundred record, but and here's the big but about this: what makes it extraordinary is nineteen people had COVID, and they had to use something like sixty players. And the fact that they, you know, they, they played, I think, on July 26th or 27th, and they didn't play again for, I think, seven or eight days. And they had more doubleheaders than any team except the Cardinals. So taking all that in consideration, what they did was remarkable. And I think it is, it, it bodes well. Now, if they can, you know, the, the, you know people say we hope we spend, they spend more money. I think most teams next year won't spend money because the, the revenues this year were so low. I mean, everybody's slashing payroll. Right. Uh, so don't expect that from the Marlins, but don't hold that against the Marlins either because that's going to be, uh, you know, baseball-wide, if you will, Major League Baseball-wide. Um, but, you know, it looks promising. But what you said will put butts in the seats. I don't know. I, you know, down here, it's such a iffy baseball market. You know, I, I think it's going to take consistent winning for a couple of seasons before people say, all right, let's go out there and see what this team could do. Even if COVID was a non-factor, if it was no risk at all and sitting next to somebody, um, people here are a bit skeptical, uh, you know, about the Marlins. And, and, you know, I think it dates back to, you know, all the way to, you know, to Wayne Heisinga. I, I still think there are bad feelings when it comes to that. Uh, you know, and then, of course, Jeffrey Loria. Uh, you know, I still think feelings there are still harsh and, and they're holding again. It's not fair to hold that against the current regime. It just isn't fair. They, they're, they're a cheater is not responsible for anything that happened before he put his signature on the line and, and was, a, you know, a partial owner and the managing partner. And that's just it is like for some reason he it's like there was a transference of blame once they, the new regime took over. And, and quite frankly, he's not responsible for some of the malaise no. that went down uh, for no. so many years here. I will tell you what he is responsible for is going out and finding a lot of young talent. And whether they're proven, whether they will be, whether they won't be, we don't know that. They've got a lot of baseball to play. A lot of things have to happen. But up until now, um, whatever it is that he's doing is starting to turn things when it comes to the Miami Marlins. And I think that we've seen the MLAs in two different geographies of this county. We've seen them try every which way but Tuesday. Uh, I think I don't I, I think it goes past Heizenga at this point because this is a transient city with many people who root for this team, may not have even been here or aware who Heizenga is, for that matter, or his role on this team. Uh, but I do think it has a lot more to do with the Loria regime and the notion that this team will never spend money nor do they care. And once the, the fans realize that Sherman Jeter and this ownership group, is, it, it, this is far different than what has been experienced in the past, then you've got nowhere to go but up. There's a lot of talent. Uh, other than banging on drums, they're taking from a page of what the Houston Astros did. And they're building 
through that youth. And I, I think that when the year in the years to come, some of these kids that today are throwing and we're like, wow, um, I think in four, five, six years, these kids are going to be dealing and they're going to be some of the top pitchers in the league. Will, be, will the team be able to retain their services? The economy normally shows us that that's not the case. And I hope people don't start crying, here we go again. Uh, the bottom line is you got to put butts in chairs in order for the economy to make sense for these owners. So Are you it, saying they're like the Astros? Are they going to like bang in garbage cans? That's what I like said. That? No, banging, no banging of the garbage cans. It's without that part of it. But certainly building talent through, through your farm system and building and, yeah. and going through some tough years together before you get good together. Uh, at least that's what we thought the Astros had done until we figured out what their little what their little thing was indeed. When we come back from break here on the Donovan and Frito Show, we'll talk a little bit about the Miami Heat, talk about their adventures in game one against the Lakers in that NBA Finals. Ish is right. Uh, it looks like Wrigley has a thing or two to say about that as well. So we'll let Wrigley chime in. So much to get to here. Donovan and Frito. Donald's not here. Amigo filling in. I like it when Donald's ears better, but but we're gonna have a good time. At least Josh and I always have a good time when we're on the air together. You're listening to the Slam Radio, Sirius XM one four five. Hey, look what I found! A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM one four five Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Donovan and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. Hey, Platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. 
Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Back with the Dono and Frito Show here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. The Amigo filling in for Alex Dono. Of course, I'm joined by Dono's sidekick, Josh Friedman. Frito, did you get a chance to watch the game last night? I know these, these late starts are tough. Um, I was, uh, well, you have to get up early. Well, I, I have to get up early, too, but maybe not as early as you. But, uh, I, you know, it was great. He went up 23 to 10, and I thought, oh, this is great. Maybe, maybe this will be a contest. And after that, it was a dumpster fire. I think they got outscored 75 to 30 or something like that. It was pretty it bad. Was a, it, yeah, I, third quarter, I just turned it off. I'm like, they're not coming back. They're getting crushed. Injuries are, are mounting. A couple of injury updates, and I bring I get this from Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, you know, Dragic reportedly had a plantar tear of his left foot. Yikes. And so you'd think, you know, and I know that I, I did a little homework on that, and sometimes people are out for weeks with that. Surgery isn't always necessary. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, but uh, he's been able to put, according to Woj, he's been able to put, I'm, I'm going to keep talking and, and let That's him out. That's okay. okay. Wrigley's got to get his, he's got to get his two cents Wrigley, let's go. This is great radio. This uh, is the Donald yeah, Frito and Wrigley show. Yeah, that's fine. No, I, I think Wrigley is allowed to speak up. There you go, buddy. That's what we learned go here Parker. at Slam Radio. You have your own voice. Really Bill has something wants to, to come in. Um, <laughs> according to Woj, um, here, let me read the tweet here from Woj about Goron. Um, and this is from actually la uh, last night. Uh, he'd been able to put pressure on his left foot. He has not ruled out returning, <coughs> excuse me, to play in the NBA Finals. Now, it doesn't say next game. It just says the NBA Finals. Uh, Bam, uh, he had x-rays on his shoulder. They were negative. I read last night that he's going to do his best to, to try to play tomorrow night. Uh, you know, what, what a, I keep thinking of Bam. And I remember I was doing a show that from the AAA, the night he was drafted and, uh, you know, was the 14th overall pick and whoever would have suspected that he would have turned into what he's done. I mean, this guy is, is, is a superstar in the making. 
It, so if he's out, that's going to be a huge body blow. I mean, it was an uphill battle anyway. It is an uphill battle facing uh, the Lakers. If you're the Miami Heat with Anthony Davis and some guy named LeBron and, and all the supporting cast. <laughs> but yeah, Bam, yeah, you have a 20-year-old. guy can't even drink a beer in Tyler Hero and what he's done. Uh, I mean, everybody had an off night last night, but, you know, this guy is just amazing. So the, you, you talk about a bright future with the Marlins. You know, it's a bright future with uh, – you know, with the Miami Heat and and Pat Riley, and the word was the Riley would never leave this team. This is this has been going on for a few years. People that you know are more inside, you know, a lot more inside than I'll, than I'll ever be, saying he wouldn't leave this team unless he felt they were competitive for a championship. And I mean, he still looks like he's having boatloads of fun. This COVID season aside, and I just wonder if if, if you know, and I'm not predicting anything, but you know, if 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 this is a, if this team say contends and and does really well next year. You know, he's what, 74, 75. He's got a huge house out in California. Um, he can go anywhere he wants, do whatever he wants. I just wonder if he'll say, you know what, I'm just going to enjoy the last few years with and just relax and, and do what I want to do. I've got to think that he's so used to the, the grind, although I think his grind has slowed down a little bit. I think mm-hmm. he's a little bit more uh, in this, you know, behind the scenes for a reason because I do believe he has that morning cup of coffee and flip flops and a robe. And I, you know, I, I don't think he's up and in a suit at seven thirty every morning. I just that's my impression that <laughs> I, I don't want to call it a semi retirement. Again here, no, that's fine. I don't. Keep going. I, keep, no, keep I, I don't think it's a semi retirement for uh, for for good old Riles. But I do think that Riles paces himself these days. So if it's like that, I don't think he feels like there's a reason for him to step away. But at some point, there will be a transition. And that transition, I've got to believe, will be from Riles wanting to, I don't know, off like a dirty shirt, like I like to say at the end of my show, right? And, and, and hand it over to Spo. Uh, Spo comes from a family of basketball. His dad was mm-hmm. an executive with the, with the Trailblazers and the Nets and a couple of other teams. Um you know, they they know basketball. I believe his grandfather, Spoh's grandfather, covered hoops for many, many years in the media. Um, these are things that, you know, are part of who Eric Spolstra is, and I think he'd be the perfect person to take over for Riles. But there's there's something to be said about Pat Riley, and I think that if he can remain even somewhat functional in the role and still have a semblance of normalcy in his life that doesn't require 12-hour days in Armani suits... Um, I think we don't lose him just yet. I think he sticks around for a little bit. I, I do think he wants to win one. I, I think winning one could change his mind in a lot of ways. A competitive one thing. I think if he wins one, does he ride off into the sunset? A lot better chance of that happening if he does win. But keeping them competitive, he'll stick around. I, I think he may want to see the fruits of his labor one last time. Right. Um, you know, I, 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 I gave Wrigley a bone, by the way. He should be quiet for the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went, I went to get a bone. Uh, um, I, I just think how lucky that the Heat are to have him. If he does retire, I think what would happen if Spo was made director of basketball operations, I think Spo would still coach because he's still, he's 46, 47 years old. He's got, you know, two more decades of coaching if he wants. He's, he's one of the two or three best coaches in the league. Correct. And, um, and so what I think he would do, a lot of times when a coach in whatever sport you're talking about, you don't see this in baseball, but in football and everything, if the coach is the head man, like Bill Belichick, he runs everything with the Patriots. But he's got a GM, someone who handles the day-to-day stuff. The final decisions have to cross Belichick's desk on the big things. 
but you have someone doing the day-to-day -day work. Like Belichick, <clears throat> I equate to a chief executive officer. And, um, you know, the GM that he has is the chief operating officer, someone that runs the day-to-day -day stuff. I think that's what happened with Spo. I think besides being the head coach, if, 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 if Mickey Harrison goes this way, I think he'd be the chief executive officer. All the big decisions have to cross his desk, but he's have time to do the day-to-day -day stuff as, as a general manager. There's no one that can do, you know, both jobs effectively. And I think he would, they would just have a GM who would do the day-to-day -day things, whether it's uh, Andy Ellisberg, who's in that role now, uh, Shane Battier, who is, is another guy that might uh, be able to do it. But, you know, we're so lucky to have Riles that sets the tone <clears throat> for this organization. And, you know, you look at these young guys. I mean, you, you know, it just, it's, it's incredible what, uh, you know, how good that uh, the future can look for this team. And even John Calipari, who said, uh, you know, I, I'm paraphrasing, but, he, you know, he coached Bam out of bio in college. And he said anybody who thought Bam would be what he is right now today is, is lying or they're crazy. Nobody <laughs> did. Yeah. He's a college no, coach. It, it's, it's, and that's, yes. And, and the one thing that strikes me about this Heat team, and I think we may have had this conversation last week, I know I've mentioned it on my show, is have we seen, and don't want to refer to them as misfits, but have we seen a gang of guys uh, maybe more unwanted separately by different teams in the sport come together to make this kind of run and be in the finals. I don't think we've ever seen a team like this in the finals because if you think about the history of the NBA finals, especially the teams that win, they are always superstar heavy. In other words, there's always a major, major superstar on a team. And only the Detroit Pistons did it with a team concept and a bunch of guys that worked together. And I'm not talking about the old bad boys because they had Isaiah. I'm talking about no. you know, you know the, 2000, the 2003, 2003 2004, 2004 yeah. version of that. Chauncey Billups, et cetera. Right, because right. You know, they, beat, they beat Shaq and Kobe with Chauncey Billups. I want you to think about that for a second. So, you know, just, just remembering that and understanding that, that's the only time basketball has seen that. And now we have this Miami Heat team with a bunch of guys that probably weren't even thinking this year they'd be anywhere near this position, um, shocking the world. And, and I think that a lot of that has to do – we talk about the heat culture. The heat culture does start with Riles, but I believe that it's cultivated with Eric Spolstra. I think that there's a calm that comes over them when they're in the in pressure moments because they know what they have to do to execute, and that's part of their culture is understanding what they need to do. Uh, I, you know, I oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm good. I'm good. Go ahead. No, no, I'm not going to play Donald Trump. I'm not interrupting. Go ahead. <laughs> it's just more than anything else. I, as much credit as I love giving Pat Riley for being the godfather, I like giving Eric Spolster his just due. And I think that that heat culture is 2.0 now because of Spo. It may have existed back in the day with Hardaway and Mourning because of Riles. And this may be just an expanded version of what Riles started out here 25, 26 years ago. But Spo is the author of the true heat culture that exists today. And I think that the people that buy into it, the Jimmy Butlers, the Bam Adebayos, the, the, the veterans like Andre Iguodala, they buy into it because of Eric Spolstra, more so than even Pat Riley. You know, and I, and, and Butler, by the way, what a great trade that was. My God. And, and he's only in the first of a year, a four-year deal. That was just tremendous. The guy who absolutely buys in uh, to this team and, and what it, uh, you know, and, and what a huge addition this guy was. Um, I've always been interested in, in the mental side of sports and, and for years, you know, the mindset of players, whether it's a baseball player coming up in a crucial at bat, 
or a basketball player. Some guys don't want that last shot. Some guys do anything at all. They look for the open guy and say, anybody but me. They don't want that. Some guys can't handle that. Other guys, you know, like LeBron, like Dwayne, like a number of guys, Butler one. Uh, yeah, I'll bet even Tyler Hero at 20 years old is one of these guys. They want that. Shot. Give me the ball. I'll take the final shot. Um, you know, people, how they perform uh, under pressure. And that said, and this is, look, anybody that makes the finals, I mean, athletes themselves are a confident bunch by and large, some more than others. And some you see lose their confidence. Uh, you know, you see a pitcher who, uh, you know, maybe has great stuff, but if he doesn't think he can get over the plate, guess what? He's going to get clobbered. It's just the way it is. I think I've told the story many times on the air. Um, um, Reggie Miller, of course, is a Hall of Fame basketball player, as is his sister, Cheryl Miller. And she used to cover the NBA for um, for TNT. At one time, she was the best, the best woman's basketball player in the world. The best, the absolute best. And she's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And I asked her once, what, how much of your success do you attribute to confidence? And she said 98%, the belief that I could do something. Wow. And so that's it. I'll tell you, and this is kind of long-winded where I'm going, is it was such a beatdown last night. Now, as I'm watching the end, I flipped on the end of the game, you know, and obviously it was, you know, it was the heat had, had closed in, but that's because the Lakers just weren't even, you know, trying. They knew they had the game and the score. The score was a lot closer than the game actually was. Correct. Um, but I wonder if some of the players – privately are you know just have lost a little bit of confidence because the Lakers put such a beat down on them uh just I mean and went through that incredible run I don't know maybe that you know part of me was saying last night thinking that and the other part Larry was saying you know what it's what do you lose by one or 40 it's just one loss you know correct it doesn't they count any different and, and, right. you know I mean if the Lakers have a bad day at the office which seems unlikely but if they have a bad day at the office today guess what the series is tied and that's just it. Well, that's the beauty of these series. But it's a mindset that I also believe that as bad as that beatdown was yesterday, and it was bad, um, Frank made a point to me earlier this morning. They're not going to shoot from three the way they shot yesterday. I don't care how good they're playing. Like, that's not going to happen again. Like, they're not, they're, they're not doing what they did in the first half again. So you look around, and, and I think maybe, if, if you know, the Heat are smart enough to, to incorporate Olenek a little more. You know, we, we, we have a series before us indeed. Um, but, but I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a team that looks like this be this good. There's always a compliment of somebody who's a hall of fame superstar. And don't get me wrong. Jimmy Butler could eventually be a hall of famer, but th that's not how this team is built. And it's built on a lot of the things we started this segment talking about. It's that culture, whether it's 1.0 or 2.0, but it's with what, what Riles built and what Spo has continued to build. And, and it's evident that it works at the professional level. You can't coach them like college kids, but they're doing something right, and these guys are buying into it. They believe that they can win every game they're in, and, and it's the one thing that makes what happened last night uh, less than what it could be towards others. In other words, the, the Heat could just be unfazed by last night's loss and come back and win. They... they they, they could get blown out 
last night, win by two on the game, in game two, and everything's locked up. And like we said, it's all, all for the wise. And I think that their mentality is that way. Okay, that one's in the books. Let's get game wait, two. Wait, wait, can I, can, I, can I ask you one quick question? Sure. I want, I want to test you, Larry, here. If, if two events are at the same time, Heat game seven of the NBA Finals and the Yankees game seven of the World Series, you can see one or the other, but not both. I love when you ask me these questions. Is this a great way to tease and, and go to break and come back on the other side and so sure. I can give you my answer? So sure. on the other side here on Dono and Frito, I will answer that question. I'll answer very sincerely. I think Frank might know the answer to this question. I know the answer, I'll bet. I, I don't know. I'll guess it when we come back. We'll come back on the other side. You're listening. Dono and Frito right here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? Hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. 
You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Yo, this is K-9, and you're listening to Slam Radio, Series 6M145. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Back here on the Donovan Frito Show, Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. We'll take it till 1 o'clock today. And then the youth will grab the baton. And continue on. You can hear them each and every day here on Slam Radio. Youth is the only radio show in America, national radio show in America, that is run, hosted, produced, 100% controlled by high school students. It's an amazing thing to hear their perspective and their voice, and I invite you to do so each and every day, 1 o'clock right here on Slam Radio. Okay, so I've got your answer for you, and I'm going to do on Zoom something here. But before I do it, Frank, would you would you care to take a guess as to what you think I would uh, I would do in this situation? So let's recap the situation. Josh, the question again is, if I have a choice, right? Is that what you said? If I have a choice between Game Seven of the Miami Heat in an NBA Finals or a Game Seven of the New York Yankees in the World Series, well, what yeah, would I watch? I can only time. watch you one. You watch one, but not the other. I, I can I guess what you'd say? Sure. I think 11 times out of 10, you'd watch the Yankees. Frank? So the double screen is not allowed, right? Double screen is not allowed. I'm, no, I have no, to no, miss no. one and watch the other. He's going Yankees. Ladies and gentlemen, I have shared on my screen my answer here in Zoom. And to much to all of your surprises, uh, I have uh, put in Zoom and shared a screen with our students, uh, MiamiHeat.com. I'm going to explain to you why. The three compelling reasons why I would choose the Miami Heat over the New York Yankees. All right? Number one, I, in my lifetime, have seen the Yankees win more often, and I've seen them go for a chance to win more often than the Miami Heat. Two, unlike the Yankees, the Miami Heat, I have been a fan since their inception, including the the unbelievable privilege of working at the Miami Herald during their first season, helping out with headlines and some of the funny things that went on with that dismal team taught me to love them even more number three Miami Miami it's I'm 52 40 here and 12 in New York I'm not a New Yorker I'm about as 305 as they get and to me I love how I've been treated by this organization as a customer as a fan as a member of the media as a friend and at times, and I know you've experienced this, Josh, they make you sometimes even feel like a member of their family. 
I, I've shared the stories on the air. I cannot understand why they would allow me to go into a room where the families are celebrating after they win their championship. It's exactly what they... I felt so uncomfortable I walked out. I spent two minutes there. I waved at a couple of people and said, I can't be here. I'm not, I don't belong here. This is wrong. Um, that's how good they've been to me. To me, that's my favorite team in sports. I know I surprise you. Uh, I don't find myself rooting for any other basketball teams. I root for a few baseball teams because I love that sport very much. Uh, my favorite team in sports is the Miami Heat. I would watch the Miami Heat 11 times out of 10. Did I shock you with my no, answer, I'm, I'm very surprised. Yeah, shocked me. I figure you are a, a diehard Yankees fan. I, for me, it's the Cubs. The Cubs, everything begins and ends with them. I'm, uh, I mean, I root for the Heat to win. Uh, you know, for years we were the flagship, and it was good for business, and it was fun to – it was a team I covered. And to be in a winning locker room is, uh, you know, is, is, is something that very few people get to experience. You know, and be uh, should write you know, a book, Josh. with beer, champagne, or whatever. You should write but, a book, um, man. You really should. You've you've experienced a lot of great things, and you've been. You should write a book, man. You really should. You should really consider <laughs> it. Um, but uh, still, I'm a, a diehard Cubs. That's my favorite team is the Cubs. It always will be. You know, and I when I was on the air here, I would get you know people would say to me they would call me out saying I should root for the team. The, the local teams. And Larry, can I make it? I can't make it so you're big anymore here on this screen. I don't know what your, your heat screen is still up there. Oh, okay. Um, there we go. There we go. There we go. Um, and, you know, people would say, Frito, you know, you should root for the Dolphins. You should root for the teams down here. And so here, here's my comeback to them. I would get them on the air and I would say, and I, you said, I've been here 20 years, and I should root for the Dolphins. And they said, of course you should. You live here now. I said, all right, well, suppose you move to New York. Are you going to root for the Jets? And that shut them up real quick. There's no way in the hell that a diehard <laughs> Dolphins fan would ever root for the Jets. <laughs> if you move to Boston, you're going you to be a Patriots fan? Yeah. And then, bam, all of a sudden, dead silence. And they realized, all right, he's got a point. And, and with me, you know my love for the Yankees. It's crazy, but but – the reason I also believe that the Heat deserve to win this contest is because I have a lot of love for the Marlins. And when your favorite team in sports is your favorite team in sports, you tend to not like anyone else in that sport. You're really, like, myopic about it. And if you know me well, there's just not another basketball team I'm even friendly about. Like, I'll kid around here and there a little bit, but I don't, like, I dislike the other teams in the league. I only like the Heat. And in baseball... What you were for in 2003 in the World Series? I rooted for the Marlins. Really? Yeah, I, and the thing was is I got what's funny about that one Josh is I got early on I got asked that question by uh, one of our former co-hosts Danny Bueno who's a good friend of mine. He says I don't want any BS when this starts right for the press if for some crazy reason these two teams make the, the World Series, I need to know today who you're rooting for. And I started singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game because there's the part and that says the root 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 for the home team. And I said to him, he goes, but there's no way you're a huge Yankee fan. I said, look, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, it's not a perfect, I'm not going to be perfectly rooting for them. But you're asking me who I'm going to root for. I'm going to root for the Marlins. And my good friends remember me wearing Marlins gear during the series. And it was a little painful for me because, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. But uh, I'd seen the Yankees win before, and the Marlins were an amazing story. It, it was, it, It's a no-brainer. Plus, they were the home team. 
So I, I take that stuff. I'm pretty consistent. When even when I have a silly way of looking at things, I'm pretty consistent across the board. So yeah, I did. I did root for the Marlins in that World Series. In '03, when the Marlins and the Cubs ended up meeting each other, my dad gave me a lot of crap because my well, my dad first of all is not a Cub fan. He's a Cardinals and a Sox fan. But he told me he goes, "Listen, you should root for the home team." And I go, "I don't want to root for the home team. I want to root for the Cubs." And the only thing that he told me that kind of made me think about it was when the Cubs win, you can't celebrate with the, with your people. But the Marlins win, you can hit the streets with your pots and pans. Kind of made me question it, but I still won't root for the Marlins over the Cubs. Well, you know what? Larry reminded me of something, and I just broke it out. I haven't broken it out in a few years. Now, it's not perfect. It worked in 2016. It didn't work in subsequent years. But I've got my Cubs yarmulke. Okay? See it ah, right here? Look at that. With a good friend of mine. This is years ago. This is in 2016. And he put on Facebook. I'm in Israel right now. He lives down here. And I'm at a place that sells yarmulkes for a lot of teams, college teams and pro teams. Does anybody want anything? And I immediately responded on Facebook, could you get me a Cubs yarmulke? Now, I have to admit, this might be the ugliest yarmulke in the world. I mean, look at this. It's not exactly, you know, perfect uh, construction here. But anyway, it worked. And I wore it to the game in 2016 when I went to Wrigley Field for Game 5 of the World Series. I wore it throughout the playoffs, and they broke the 108-year-old curse. So I just might have to break it out today. It's got my little hair clip. Uh-oh. And, uh, and, and, and my daughter, Jillian, would put this on me. I have the tradition. She'd have to put it on herself. Mm-hmm. And I might have to tell her when she comes down for lunch. She's in her school, in her room right now doing schoolwork uh, to put this on. I think I still wear this and, and break out the yarmulke. You know, I, I worry. I worry, Frank, because if, if your team wins today, you go to a game three, <clears throat> Josh is going to break out the yarmulke again, right? And the yarmulke on a Friday means Shabbat Shalom. You guys have advantage God there. Like, that, that's tough. You'll have advantage God. And I, like, we, if the Marlins don't win the night, the Cubs are going to win the series. <laughs> you think you, you can't go against Shabbat Shalom? Forget about it. I'm impressed you know that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I did wear it because it was cold. I wore it. I had a hood on it. Or no, a winter hat on during the game when I went to it Wrigley, but I had to have this on underneath it. And uh, it so was so. In that luck. picture, and you in that picture, you have the yarmulke underneath. Yes. Oh my goodness, that's fantastic. Frank. Have you ever seen that picture of him at Wrigley? That is the most fantastic picture. Uh- <laughs> well, what I got to tell you the story. You probably know this. Maybe your listeners don't, or your class doesn't. So my friend who's pretty well off he's a you know my uh, my best friend since we've been best friends since first grade and so that's uh, i mean your your class is gonna what it's 50 years we've been best friends yikes and uh and so did we freeze did he freeze up i think he might have froze up frank he said to me in 2015 because he and his buddies he and his partners had season tickets he's one you know get to the world series 15. Hello? Can yes, you- we can hear you. Yeah, I think we're having a delay on that, Frank. I don't know what's going on. Um, he was in the middle, Josh in the middle of telling a story. Yeah, there we go. Is that better? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay, I must have hit the mute button by mistake. So we made the same offer in 2016. They made the World Series. We, I went up there, and I was there for game five, and we walked. he wouldn't tell me where the seats were. And Larry, this is a World Series game. First time in 71 years of the World Series. It was the final of three games at Wrigley. We walk into the stadium, and he bought for us, and he didn't charge me a dime. 
front row seat, first row seat behind the Cubs dugout. Dear goodness. And the TV cameras caught us all the time. Yeah, I'm, that... I'm guessing he paid more than $10,000 for, for each ticket. Mod on. That's and, unbelievable. Um, so TV cameras caught me. I mean, they caught us all the time. I was getting people posting on Facebook and everything. I see you, I see you, and getting text messages. And with one strike to go in the game, they, they first they focused on John Cusack, who was there, he's a big Cubs fan, and then others. And with one strike to go, they put the camera on me for about three seconds, and my phone went nuts. It just exploded. Because of all the people in the stands, it was me and only me with this worried look. I've been banging the dugout all game, all excited. And I was like, just like this, with one strike to go, so worried. So that was my greatest moment ever in sports, and was wearing the yarmulke. And uh, I got to wear it again today. Uh-oh. The yarmulke's coming out. That's a problem. The Marlins are done. The Marlins, the Marlins, Marlins are you done. You guys have the Marlins it, exactly it, it, it where you want them. The next, it didn't work the next year. It didn't work the next year, so it's not foolproof. But, you know, I mean, would you try anything? Are, are you superstitious? Yes, like, a little bit. I'm not supposed to be. That's not very religious, but yes, I tend to be superstitious. When it comes to the playoffs, like we have tile on our floor here in our house, and if it was a crucial situation, these these big tile squares, I'd have to have one foot in one square and one foot in the other. If it was a non-crucial situation, I didn't care about it. But every crucial situation, I had to do that. I mean, it just it's it's stupid stuff. But it's unbelievable. Like I do the same exact thing. I do similar stuff. I do similar stuff. Definitely. And if, if pace, and if I pace, and if I pace, I end up walking around pacing. I'm sorry, Josh. If I pace, if I'm pacing around in the situation, I make sure I pace and not step on any of the cracks of those tiles as well. <laughs> you know, I'm in a sports bar once. I was watching a World Series game. It didn't involve the Cubs. And I was, it was Arizona against the Yankees. Oh, 2001. Thanks, thanks for reminding me. Or 2000. And, uh, 2001. It was 2001, and, yes. Uh, and, yeah, and I was in a sports bar, and I, was, I, I stood up, and then Diamondbacks started doing well. I'm like, I can't sit down. I can't. There's no way I'm sitting down. There's no way. I just I got to stand. You know, athletes are superstitious. Gamblers are superstitious. You know, when I used to play blackjack, I, if I stack my chips a certain way, I'd have to do the same way. Yeah, I was very superstitious it's, during you, blackjack, for sure. It's somehow you think you control the entire universe, and everything is revolving on you doing putting your foot somewhere or standing up or stacking chips a certain way. Like everything revolves around you, which is of course completely ridiculous, but you know what? You don't want to take a chance. Well, last night my cousin walked in when it was 20, 25, 12 or 23, 10 and it went downhill. We, we, yeah. We had to kick yeah. her out of the house. We thought you need to leave. You've, you've, you've destroyed everything for game one here. Walked in. Actually, she knocked. We didn't open immediately. And she knocked and banged on the door again. And then I opened the door, came through, and the, and the swoon came, and I completely blame her for it. Yeah, I'm a little superstitious. I know it's wrong. We were saying the story about how if my favorite football team kicks off, would kick off back in the day when I lived at home, and we had a cat at home. I don't have a cat now, but um, if, if the cat was inside, the cat stayed inside. If the cat was outside, the cat would not come inside. So here, if I want you to imagine where it presents problems. Um, cat liked being outside in the backyard at a really large backyard even though we kept the kitty litter box for them inside the house uh, if they were stuck in the house they wanted to go outside it was not like they were trying to get in the house to go use the kitty litter he had his domain outside but if he was stuck in the house at kickoff oh that was not a happy cat he'd start flying around he'd start, by, by third quarter he'd be doing everything in his power 
to get out of the house. And it wasn't happening because I was just very superstitious that way. It didn't work. And then I would keep my record of when I would break the streak. Like, like when I let him in and out, like my teams were like two and six. And then when I kept them in place, we would go like 700. So like, you know, that therefore. Bro, you're ridiculous. Yeah, no, it was out of control. <laughs> it was really bad. It was, it was really bad. Um, yeah. That that's not supposed to be. You're not supposed to do that. But whatever, I do it. I continue to do it till the day I die. That's what sports fans do. You know what they also do? They listen to sports radio. They listen to Dono and Frito, especially when Dono's here. Sorry, he's not here. It's me in relief. But I still got my right hand man, Josh Frito, alongside for another hour until one o'clock. And when we come back from break, we'll do more of this. We've talked about the Heat. We've talked about oh, the good old Marlins and Major League Baseball. You got Wrigley here too. Look. See Wrigley? Wrigley! What's up, brother? On the other side, we'll talk some football, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. The National Football League. A game has been postponed until further notice. And we got a lot of stuff going on, including a bunch of 3-0 and teams. A lot to get to in the NFL in the second hour of the program. You're listening to Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. Because I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate us. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. 
There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know, that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. What's up, everyone? This is Tua Tungavailoa, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. with the Donald and Frito Show here on Slam Radio, second hour of the program. Filling in for Donald. That is the amigo alongside Josh Friedman. A.K.A. Frito in the house. Frito, are you enjoying football this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, why, why wouldn't I? So I think it's the one sport, because even baseball is a little weird. I'm not seeing fans in the stands, but I think football, crowd noise is missed, I'm sure. But I, I, I'm okay with how I'm watching football. It has affected, not having fans has affected me least in football than all of all the sports. I still love football. I still love getting into it. And yeah, they're not fans in the stands, but I love the sport so much. And uh, it's just, you know, I don't care. I, I tell you what, you, I'd rather Larry have 80,000 people in the stands, but you hear things you normally wouldn't hear. I was watching a game the other day. I don't remember which one it was. And the quarterback clearly changed the play at the line of scrimmage. And the guard stood up, turned around and said, what do you want me to do? You'd never hear that with fans <laughs> in the stands. He That's turned true. around. You could hear it clear as day faces the quarterback and said, what do you want me to do? He had no idea once the quarterback changed the play. And that was awesome. No, of course I'd rather have 80,000 people, but if you're going to have nobody in the stands, that's kind of neat to hear. Well, it is unique, and I know that there's some people in some stadiums are getting to go, and, you know, 11,000, I think, are going to Dolphin games or something like that. But the bottom line is it is a little different for there to not be fan noise. But I, something dawned on me that I remember I used to hear all the time. And I said, well, funny, nobody says this now, right? You hear players in different sports complain about not having fans in the stands. Wasn't there a time where athletes would tell you that they tune that out, that they don't hear it? So is the absence of it really what they hear? Like, is it such deafening silence that they notice it? Because they claim that they're in the game, they don't hear it. Football players will tell you they don't hear the crowd. Baseball players will tell you they don't well, hear it. Let me bring that up to you, Larry, because you said 
your favorite Cub is Javi Baez, right? Absolutely. I think Javi, did you say that earlier? Yes, I did. I think Javi Baez is a show guy. He's a showman. He plays for the fans of the stands. He loves, and he just, he, he works his butt off. He makes great plays. He, you know, runs to home when he probably shouldn't, and often, more often than not, is safe. I think he plays for that adulation by the fans. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not a criticism. I think he, more than a lot of players, misses those fans. I could I could see in that situation, yeah, absolutely. And there's some guys that it affects more than others. Um, but I've just so many athletes that we've interviewed over the years in our business, and you hear them say that they tune out the you know they tune out the, the noise. They don't hear the noise. So I've always wondered. I said, okay, so then what is it they're hearing? Because I hear so many of them say, well, it's weird to not have fans in the stands. Um, and I'm like, well, well, you know, I thought you didn't hear that stuff. So why does it matter? You know, it's interesting. They say the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball. And here you've got, you know, 40, 50,000 people screaming and you're trying to hit a moving target that's going 100 miles an hour. And yet if anybody clicks a camera when a golfer is swinging at a stationary ball, they get upset at that. That made no sense to me. Yeah, that is interesting. I've always wondered why golf has this, uh, oh, the, the, the etiquette of golf sometimes. Maybe they need to loosen up a little bit. I mean, I you might not want to scream at the point of impact. I mean, there is some etiquette. Yeah. I, but gosh almighty, I don't think it's that deep. And especially, like you said, in baseball, there's so many other distractions. I want you to try to make a free throw with people behind the basket trying to, you know, rattle you so that you don't see it. And they still make it 85% of the time. I don't now, are you, are you, and you're a big football fan. Are you, are you into fantasy football? Because I'm a so diehard you know, fantasy You know what's fan. funny is for many years I did fantasy football. Um, and what's funny is, is I'm not a big fantasy football fan anymore. Um, Frank makes fun of me about it all the time. And he gives me a hard time about it because fantasy football, like everybody loves fantasy football. But I'm just not, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I'm not. I, I'd rather watch the teams. Like, I like to watch the Dolphins and not worry about if some guy got 19 yards and a first down and it got me two points. And, like, I'm not worried about that stuff. So I get to watch the game and enjoy it. And especially oh, in football, football, especially in football, like, I do have a tendency of rooting for more than one team in football. So I love my Dolphins, but, you know, I, I really enjoy other teams in the NFL. And sometimes it changes from year to year. But, you know, I've always I've been a fan of seeing Drew Brees do well. Uh, I, I enjoy very much uh, the Arizona Cardinals on behalf of my son. That's his favorite team, so I like to see him happy when they win. There's a couple of other teams in the league that, that I have fun watching. So, you know, unlike what I told you about basketball, that I only root for one team, and, you know, I, football's a game that I like to watch several games, and I enjoy it, and I'll have a rooting interest, some more than others. And, and when it comes to that game, I... That's just something I've always enjoyed doing. I do the same in college, even though I'm a big Canes fan. There's other college programs that put football programs together that I, I like watching them play. So uh, that's where I yeah, stand. I'm a big football fan. Like tonight is the Jets and the Broncos, two 0-3 teams. But I've got a Broncos tight end on my fantasy football team. Darn right I'm shooting into that game. I want to see how he does. You see, you know? so, since I don't have any tight ends in that game, if I watch it, it's to see if Gase saves his job. If not, you know, I got some baseball to watch tonight, I guess. But, you know, it, it, I get you. I get you. I don't knock anyone that likes. Like, I don't sit there and go, oh, it's horrible. It's a, I just choose to not because I, I enjoy how I consume football on Sundays. I, I don't. I, oh, God. What, the one thing I hated, Frank, was waking up on Thursday morning and realizing, oh, man, I haven't put my lineup in yet. You know, and, and some of that stuff to me was just like, nah, I'd rather just enjoy the games and, and, and run with it from there. I, it's, 
It's funny. I'm one of the weirdos that doesn't like the the fantasy thing. I watch the Cowboys because that you know that's my favorite team. So I watch the games, but I also flip around a lot. I, I've got the the the, the uh, Directv, the NFL package, the football package, and um, and so I know which channels are have my players on my fantasy team. I'm flipping around all the time to see what's going on. That's just that's how I consume football right now. If I was still on locally and had a daily show, I'd be watching the Dolphins and it flip around only during the commercial breaks. But I don't do that anymore because I don't have to. So I, I'm, I'm just tuning around all the time. And, you know, yes, you'd rather have fans in the stands, but my love for pro football is so big that I just, I'm so happy it's back. And it's just it made a huge difference. Now, I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, Titans, the big news today is the Titans and the Steelers game is postponed. They're going to put it somewhere later uh, you know, in the year. We don't know when that's going to be. But, you know, could this spread to other teams? I don't know. I, you know, it's, it's, I, I always wondered how football, I figured football would have this problem at some point. Now they do. Yeah, you have to figure the, the bigger roster, there's more people that might be exposed to it. I always was concerned that football would be the, the difficult one of all the sports to manage. Um, yeah, I don't know if it spreads to other teams, though, know. right? I, I don't know if they can, they, they might be able to contain it. What worries me is when do you make up the game and how does this affect the schedule? It's not like, you know, with baseball as it was, it was a pain in the ass and they got it right. done, right? But that, with this, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I just don't know. I don't know how they would handle this, but I hope, hopefully it's the the only case of it because I'm, I'm actually enjoying football this year. I'm enjoying the number of 3-0 and teams that we're seeing out there and I'm also enjoying that this league has four dynamic quarterbacks. Uh, it's difficult to say no. Uh, whether you're talking about Russell Wilson, whether you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, whether you're talking about even though he didn't play so well, Lamar Jackson, uh, he didn't play so well this week. Um, you know, you have a bunch of guys, even your guy Dak Prescott. There's four or five quarterbacks in this league that are shining. Aaron Rodgers is playing completely out of his mind. I love when quarterbacks play good. I well, I enjoy football when quarterbacks are just slinging the rock and doing what they got to do. Well, you've got to look at it, you know, and I, I want to I want to piggyback on what you just said. Look at all these great young quarterbacks. By the way, last year, and I looked through everything with the prism of fantasy football, but I had an 11th round pick, some guy named Lamar Jackson. I did pretty well with him last year. You know, this year he went in the first round. He's not playing so well. But the point is, look at these young quarterbacks that I think make the league so bright. You just said Patrick Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. Um, who am I missing? Um Russell's uh, not so young anymore, Russell, but Russell Wilson. But still, he's 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 playing out of his mind. Yeah, he is. And then a guy that I reached in my fantasy football because I think he's going to have a monster year is Kyler Murray. Yep. He's another one. And you know, you said your son's a fan of the Arizona Cardinals. This guy's what five nine, five ten, or something, and he's just so much fun to watch. I mean, if nobody's open, this guy just takes off, and he's faster than hell. I. As you just said, I love great quarterback play. And, Larry, the young quarterbacks in this league are just tremendous. It bodes so well for the future of this league. Well, it does make it enjoyable to watch these games. You talk about Kyler Murray. I used to make fun of my son about Kyler Murray. Now I look forward to if I can catch a peek of him. I'm actually I told my son last week I regret not getting the NFL package. Like, I regret not, you know, I think it's finally available to us through Comcast, right, Frank? Or is it not available to us uh-huh. through I thought this year they made something available where we could catch the NFL games, but no, it's not. I thought because of their tie now with, I guess not. 
I'm, I'm not sure about any of that, so I have to look it up. But it sucks to not be able to see some games, and I would love to see that guy on a week-in, week-out basis. But oh, man. He is, he's special, and my son called it all along. I just thought he was a little short for the game. But these guys nowadays, you know, they, they are dual threats. They can throw the football like nobody's business and turn around and, and, and run 16 yards for a first down and, and not even slide. Some of them put their damn shoulder down. You're like, ah! But uh, they have running back mentalities, and they throw the ball like Joe Montana. It's unbelievable what these young quarterbacks are doing in the league, and it is making it is making football a whole lot of fun. Whether you're talking about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills at three and zero, you know, obviously uh, Ryan Tannehill spent so many years here in Miami. Now his team, even though they won't be playing this week, also three and zero. Patrick Mahomes coming off a Super Bowl victory there. They're already tossing the 16-0 and 0 thing around with the Chiefs. They need to chill out a little bit. Um, but a lot of these young quarterbacks are doing the work. And and I think that it bodes, like you said, not only bodes well for the league, but I think it makes it entertaining. It makes it capable for guys like us to watch more than one game not, and, and go outside of our rooting interest to watch a football game because it's just enjoyable. Um, of these 3-0 and 0 teams, the one that surprises me the most is one from your hometown and Frank's hometown, the Chicago Bears. Um, yeah, almost in the middle of what we call quarterback problems, and they're three and zero. Like they have a quarterback controversy over there. Foles or Trubisky? I would stick with Trubisky, but then again, he had to get him. They had to bench him and bring in Foles yeah. to win that game the other day. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think if you you know once you bench Trubisky, you can never bring him back in with confidence. Well, let me let me tell you something about the Bears because a friend, a lot of friends of mine are, are Bears fans. My brothers are. And, and by the way, another quarterback, young quarterback I forgot is, is Deshaun Watson. You got to yes. include him in the group as well. Um, but the Bears, a few years ago, uh, they they were drafting number three, and they traded a king's ransom to move up one spot to number two. They gave the 49ers a ton of stuff, and they picked Mitch Trubisky. Well, in that same draft, at number 10 was some guy named Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> two picks later, at number 12, was some guy named Deshaun Watson. So they traded up when they probably didn't have to, and they picked the wrong guy. And I just wonder if Ryan Pace, the GM, if that just gnaws at him all the time. I passed on these guys. Let me tell you a quick story about um, uh, Patrick Mahomes is, is their general manager now. And I think Andy Reid might have the final say in everything. But um, the guy named Brent Beach is their GM. He was director of college scouting. And a few years ago, this may be five, six years ago, um, Reed walked into his office and Beach was as, as college scouting director zoo. He was watching film and Reed's like, what are you doing? Now this guy, Mahomes at the time was a sophomore. And he said, I'm watching our future quarterback. This is when he was a sophomore. My goodness. And he, and, and he, and they did, they trade up from number 27 to number 10 to get Patrick Mahomes. That's the guy they targeted for years. They didn't have him in for a tryout. They didn't want anybody to know their interest in him whatsoever. And boy, did they get the right guy. I've heard that story that they didn't have him for a tryout at all. That I had heard before. Well, you know, that's smart. You don't want to show anybody your whole card. If you've got enough on film, just don't. don't. I mean, that's great poker playing, isn't it? High stakes yeah. poker. Oh, absolutely. Because who in the world would figure? Now, you, you do run the risk somebody else picks up on it as well. And I'm sure some people did. But um, the Chiefs did the right work. They traded up. They knew what his value was because they'd been watching him. Quietly traded up. Nobody figured out why, and then uh, boom. But that, that's why you scout other teams. I remember a couple of times when Dave Dombrowski was here, and he, he invited me. You know, I got once again Ryan Colangelo, the PR director, and Dave had me in his office one on one for like an hour, hour and a half in consecutive years, 
And these are basically off the record interviews, but I can say this without violating them. I mean, it's years and years and years ago and it was with the Marlins, and, you know, and, and they had like, he had an index card for every player in baseball up on his wall and, and, you know, and other teams scout teams that not every team does this. There's no secret. I mean, you scout all the other teams in your league. You've got to know what their needs are. And so I would think on draft day in the NFL, you know, you're thinking, all right, we're three players away from getting what I want. Three teams away from getting what we want. The three teams that one of us don't want that, but who behind us might trade up to get ahead of us. And, and what do we, do we have to trade up to get this guy? Uh, you know, and it's, it's again, it's, it's tremendous high stakes poker. What do we have to do to get our guy? How confident are we? That he'll be there when we, uh, you know, when we pick. I, uh, that's, that's remarkable if you ask me, but then again, that's what scouting departments do. Like that's, uh, I love the fact that you pick up on something that far ahead of time and then you set your sights on it and you go for it. And um, he's he's something special. Like uh, Mahomes is something special, but this, this league's got a bunch of quarterbacks that are going to just make the NFL in the years to come just oh. something that's going to be just so fun to watch. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in such a good place right now with the NFL. I really do enjoy watching the games and... And again, I think Sundays are fun for me. Today won't be fun. It's two zero and three teams, but I'll watch the first half because it's football. Gotta have no offense, man. The Denver tight end, no offense. Gotta have him do well. <laughs> when we come <laughs> That's back, all I care about. <laughs> when we come back from break, more of the same stuff. I do have a question to ask Josh. Um, it, it's going back towards towards basketball again, and I remember that I used to run into Josh every single time I was in that arena. During the playoffs, I want to talk about some of those experiences with Josh on the other side. You're listening to, ooh, I almost did it, Frank. I, I said heard I wasn't going to do it. I, I heard it. Listening to Dono and Frito right here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do why, all of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? 
Why not? I'm asking him. I bet he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? Hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. Because I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. He ate platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, you know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. So, Frank, remember we talked earlier today back here with Dono and Frito. Frito, you're going to get a kick out of this. I actually don't know. Are you a steak guy? Do you like steak? Uh, I do like steak, but I get made fun of all the time. I don't know if you know the story. We, Don and I talk about it all the time. I'm talking about it for years on the air. I will only eat steak with ketchup. Oh my, Gotta have ketchup. Oh, my goodness. For real? Oh, yeah. We've gone into, like, Ruth's Chris or Morton's or... You know, another fine steak. I like, and I ask the waiter, I say, uh, and I've said this, don't get mad at me. Please bring me some Heinz. Please bring me some ketchup. So let me ask, is, is know, it just I, a mild I, dab I get, or do you just... I, I, get, I, I get ripped for that. But if a guy I knew from high school is manager of a very good steakhouse in Chicago, a really good one. And I thought when I told him this, he'd rip the hell out of me. And he said, you know what? I just want my clients to enjoy their meal. If that's what they want, I'll never criticize them for it. That's that's a great line. My question to you is: Is it a little smidgen per bite, or do you like douse it in ketchup? That's what I'm curious to know. I I, I pretty much douse. It's just 
That's the way I was brought up. And it's my fun. wife to this I, I, day I'm not gonna knock it. still not, makes fun of me. I'm not going to knock it. I would never make I fun love, of it. I love ketchup on steak. And oh, I get, I mean, hell in Chicago, <laughs> like hot dog places there, won't well, you put, I mean, they, they will let you, but like, if you want ketchup on a hot dog, oh, and I think there's nothing wrong with it, only food, food snobs think there's something wrong with it. Uh, like they will not put ketchup on a hot dog. You've got to put it on yourself. Yeah, they'll snarl at you. They're not too. They're not all too impressed if you're asking for ketchup on a hot dog. That's not what. That's not the Chicago oh, if I put way. ketchup on a. If I put ketchup on a fifty dollar steak, I'm going to put ketchup on a four cent hot dog. Of course, they will look at you sideways in Chicago if you ask for ketchup on a hot dog. No, but it is what it I is. I don't care. I, that I don't care about. Now I happen to be, I happen to be, delighted with ketchup. I happen to like ketchup. Um, I live with someone who is good with boiling spaghetti and eating it with ketchup. So trust me, nothing surprises me when it comes to catsup and and and, and its uses. But so yes, I, I like steak. The answer to your question, I like steak. I think I could do the steak if it was just a mild dabble and a mixture with mayonnaise or something to give it a little kick. Uh, I couldn't just do the steak. But anyway, the reason I ask about the steak is because if, I, I don't think you're an Instagram guy, but I posted, reposted this Max the Meat guy. He has made a wedding cake out of a ribeye steak. I can't make this up now. A ribeye oh. steak, a strip steak, and a sirloin. He seasons it with this rub, takes the bacon, and he and he cooks the bacon in little rolls, and it looks like you know little accents around the... And then takes mashed potatoes, and that serves as the icing... I can't make this up, Josh. It looks like a wedding cake. You slice it, and now you have this wonderful meat concoction with mashed potatoes. It's a meal. This thing's unbelievable. It is. It's. It's frightening because you know it's going to be a little bit on the. It's going to get you a little heavy. Um, but I've never seen anything more creative in my life. This guy makes a cake out of those three steaks. So the reason I ask I'm looking you, it up right now. I, I don't see the. I mean, I see a cake here. Oh, the steak cake. It looks like it's covered in frosting. Yeah, the frosting's mashed potatoes, though. And the guy's name oh is Oh, my Max God, it is. Guy. You're right. It's Max the Meat Guy. Can't make I it. see that right now. It's called a steak cake. Yep. Can't make it up. And uh, th this is, I mean, I'm about to go to Wild Fork and buy, I mean, it's going to cost me $40 or $50 in meat. I'm about to buy the meat and do this. So I, I shared his story today. He actually responded to me. Telling he responded that, to me he, too. So I told him, I was like, I'm trying to get him on the air. So, so I, was am like, I. Hey, I want to talk about your creations. Let me know. <laughs> it's really funny. He reached out to me. I don't know if he figured it out or not, but we want to have him on the air because I'm marveled by this. This is the perfect tailgate or the perfect Sunday grill right before you sit down and watch a football game. This is unbelievable. I had to bring it up. I'm, I didn't mean to sidetrack the show here. Uh, oh, no, it's unbelievable. Um, the steak cake. You know, can you? By the way, real quick, let me. As long as we're on food here, can I ask you something? Sure. Can you eat food cold? I can eat almost, except for maybe steak, and I have done a cold. I can eat almost anything. Like cold pasta is better than warm pasta. I can't. I the, the only way I can eat cold pasta is if it's meant to be cold. Um. No, I, 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 I my stuff's got to be hot. I'll eat it cold the next day. I'd nothing great. No, I, I can't. I can't. Now, Lasagna, if it's meant, anything. If it's meant to be cold, oh, it's, it's cold. If it's meant to be hot, it needs to be hot. A hundred percent. I can't okay. have cold pizza. Can't do any of that stuff. Oh, cold pizza is delightful. No, no, I can't it's touch absolutely it. Absolutely delightful. Nope, not me. I'm not that no, guy. No. Got to heat that up. I need a microwave wherever I'm at. That's for sure. No. So, the, you know, I'm watching these finals. Mm -hmm. and, and I remember the good old days when LeBron used to roam the halls of 601. Um, 
my takeaway from it is obviously this AAU tournament that has been called the NBA playoffs is is not quite does not have the cachet that former NBA finals have had in the past. Do you right. think our memory will serve us negatively about this finals? Like, will we look upon it the same way? Uh, obviously, it's going to be difficult to forget 2020. But is this something that we're going to look at like, like because the season was a little shorter, because the circumstances were a little different? Um, the proverbial asterisk, will it be long on this title, or do you, do you not see it that way? I don't think it should be. Um, simply because, yeah, it's a weird season. It's an anomaly, we hope. We hope it's nothing like that next season. But hey, everybody was in the same boat, Larry. Everybody was in. No team has an advantage whatsoever. Uh, they all had a, you know, a, a, a season that was cut short and then it was resumed a, a whole, you know, quite a while later. I'm not going to say it's a cheap title or there's, an, I would not put an asterisk if I was Adam Silver at, at all. This is the 2000, you know, 19, 2020 NBA season. And if the Lakers or Heat win, those, that's the champion. And I don't, I will not differentiate it from other seasons simply because everybody was in the same boat. That's my opinion, at least. Yeah, uh, you know, I like the notion that if the rules are the same for everybody or they're in the same conditions that it's, you know, I don't know that an asterisk is the right way to describe this, but I certainly, when I look back at all of this, because, and, you know, my view on this is really weird. It's not a fan view. I almost don't feel the same because I'm not with you roaming the halls of 601. There was something that was playoff-esque, that was finals-esque, about when we were there and being at the event that way, that there's no way I can perceive differently because of it. In other words, when I watch the finals on TV like I did last night, um, it's clear to me that it doesn't it, it doesn't have the same pomp and circumstance the events that you and I would attend over there at the uh, AAA, and because of but that, I, I see a lesser. Do you think it's a lesser title? If the Heat won, would you feel it's a it's a cheap title? Yeah. I'm being very honest yeah. with you. I like. That's I think fine. it's and a I'm circumstances. Not talk you out of it. That's a perfectly valid opinion. I just happen to disagree, but I can understand that side. No question about it. I uh, I don't think the Heat would have made it this far in the normal circumstances. I think home courts would have been a uh, hell to reckon with in Milwaukee. Um, well, right, exactly. That's, I think it, some of that I stuff would have played a factor. Favored the underdogs. I think it favored the underdogs because they didn't have to go into hostile territory. I agree, and, and and to a certain degree, that's not a bad thing for the fan, right? Like, the fan likes the, the great story, the Cinderella story, the, the team that's on the come-up story. We all like that. But unfortunately, yours perspective, my perspective, is one that gets us in that damn building. You know, it's plain and simple. It gets us in the building. And, and you know, I, yeah. you would listen through us. You would have been able to, again, like, you're, I'm sure they honor you. If you wanted to go in a media capacity, they would honor you because they do it for me. Um, but because you're slam radio, I would get you in there. Like we would get you credentialed. Like it's not like what happened with the Super Bowl is a little more difficult, but with the heat, are you kidding me? No. Like they, they've the done like it for free. You know, when I was laid off, when I was laid off, every member of the media relations department, all of them reached out to me and said, uh, now this is regular season. I'm sure I could get through playoffs as well, but they said, any games you want to come to, you just tell us. Yeah, You're Josh, you can get, I can guarantee you they'd get you in the playoffs. I, I've said the story before. I was officially not part of an entity. I think it was the last of the four years. And 
Was it the last of the four years? No, no hogwash. It was the year after LeBron left. I lied to you. It was the year after LeBron left. Um, I really wasn't a part of anything, but they went to the playoffs. And I, it was, to me, I didn't even think of asking. And then I said, let me send him an email. And it, it, one, I actually missed the first game of the playoffs. And then I reached out to him again. And I said, hey, listen, I hate to bug you. I missed the days when I was able to. Uh, in the future, what could I do? You know, I'm thinking of doing this as I was going to establish my own little media thing. And it, a few months later, I did. And I said, how would I go about it? Would you even consider honoring me? And, and they wrote back. <laughs> Tim goes, your credentials waiting for you. I hope to see you game two. I'm like, okay, see ya. I was already credentialed. I didn't even really ask for it. Um, they're that good about it. And they made, you know, we've talked about this on the show. I think they make that such a wonderful experience. And you're there doing a job. And I know, Josh, man, you, I had it a lot better than you did. I could go there so that I could retain what I was watching to talk about the next day. You had to get sound. You had deadlines. You Things that you were doing, you were managing five things at once. Um, but those were the best of time. Like, I enjoyed that more than watching the game at home after grilling a big steak, after doing all the things and watching it with my son. I would much rather be there. There was an excitement to it uh, all day. I'd be giddy from 8 in the morning because I knew that later that night that's what I was going to be doing. And and the experiences in those halls no, I, I, make it different for me this year. I will say... Now, I knew that the guys had a Bosch and Wade and all that, and, and LeBron, they, they had to honor their contracts for at least the first four years. They could opt out after that. But, you know, I didn't think they would. I never thought LeBron would go back to Cleveland in 2014. But I remember, Larry, throughout those four years, I would sometimes be in my seat in the stands just for a regular season game or a playoff game, and I would say to myself, boy, just appreciate what you're watching right now this isn't going to last forever and just appreciate what you're seeing in front of you right now and I was glad that I took that that snapshot in my head I thought it would go longer than four years and it didn't at least with LeBron leaving but the point was that realization to just take those snapshots occasionally and not take this for granted I think that served me very well and it's I, I have a habit of that since somebody told me before I got married to do that the day of my wedding so that I always remember it in a different light, not what I see in the video. Because we'll tend to get a video or something, watch it, and then we'll remember the video and almost forget that we were there. Like we take ourselves and remove ourselves from the, from the event. And I did that. And ever since then, when I know that I'm about to experience something pretty big, I make sure to do that. So I, I'm telling you, you know my journey. Every time you saw me there, Josh... You have no idea where where my heart was and how I was feeling so blessed to be in that position um, to be there. And it was one of those things that I think made the experience a lot more special and why I'm not enjoying it the same this time around. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I, I can't wait till we're back in that building and, and, you know, and can experience it in that way a little better. But that that's the one perspective that gets lost here. And my perspective, your perspective, a little different than other people's perspectives, but it's one that annoys me. I know Frank's annoying because Frank thinks to himself, this would have been the year he would have had the opportunity to experience this. He's never really – a couple of regular season games you did, right, Frank? That was about it. Um, we were just getting him in the rotation and getting him, you know, getting him credentialed and whatnot. But Well, I mean, it was the first time, you know, he's in a locker room or something. Cool. I, I, I first time I was in the locker room was on Super Bowl Sunday. I was still living in Chicago. I was a, 
uh, a producer and, uh, you know, went to the Bulls locker room. They were playing Phoenix, like at noon and Super Bowl was at six o'clock. And uh, I'm sure Frank, did Frank get to go when Frank got, you said a couple of games, he got to go to the locker room? No, see what had happened was I didn't realize that the media leaves an earlier time to go down to get all the sounds. So I waited to the end of the game. It was one game, not two. So I went to the end of the game and all of a sudden I look around. I'm like, where did everybody go? So I go and I go all the way down, and then when I get down, then they're like, oh, it's too late, it's already full. And I'm like, but the game finished like maybe 35 seconds ago. So then when I got in the next day, Larry told me, he's like, no, you got to go in before the game's over. I didn't know that, so I'll learn for next time. Did, you didn't even go to the presser? Did you get to go to the presser? No, that to full. me was my— that It was full because it was Wade's second to last game, so it was already jam-packed. I had no idea oh. that I was supposed to head down maybe in the beginning of the fourth quarter. I thought I was supposed to wait till the end. All of a sudden, I look around, there's nobody up there. So, like, the perfect example is I'll ask this question. I don't mean to do this in a bad way, but I'm going to ask Josh Friedman. Where were you Game 6 2013 finals when Ray Allen hits a shot? I was in the media dining area watching it on TV. Because I knew that I would have to fight. Because normally I'd be just one level above, uh, you know, in the mezzanine level, above the court. Um, but with the finals, they had us in the 300. The and I knew it would take forever to get down there. So I think for the final quarter, I went and watched it on TV. Simply because I knew that uh, I didn't want to fight the crowds and getting down. The elevators were jammed all the time. It would... I, I, I can remember waiting sometimes 20, 25 minutes to get an elevator. Absolutely. I couldn't take that chance. I was responsible to our station to get this sound. And so I couldn't take that chance. So uh, for the fourth quarter, I was downstairs. Yep. I and, think that just comes from experience. And a lot of people who don't know this, obviously, because they're just listening to it on the radio, is that that media dining room was literally right across, a, like literally 20 feet from the line where it formed the window to where he needed to go. So I know that. I don't mean to say that in a bad way because – what Josh would do with these things was a lot more work than what I did. For me, it was a lot more fun. I got to wear a suit and look important. Josh was hustling. Like, well, Josh could barely say hello. To, I would see Josh. I'd go, like, I'd wave from, from afar. He'd go, well, ah. back Back then, I was working for 790 The Ticket. And then there was WQAM. They weren't owned by the same company. So they were our rival. You also had an ESPN station in West Palm. And, you know, if our bosses found out that we ever shared sound, they get mad. I mean, you, you get sound, it's yours, nobody else's. But this was, you know, these big press conferences that everybody had access to. And you weren't in front of anybody's locker. You were, you know, people were coming up and speaking, you know, and, and you know, up at, uh, you know, on the, on the stage, on the dais. And so, but some people, and I'm sorry, the locker room was open as well. So this is what I would do. I would organize everybody, organize all three stations. And I'd say, all right, I'm going to stay here. You go in that locker room. You go in the other locker room. At the end, we'll all gather our sound. We'll all share it. Everybody gets everything they want, and the bosses don't have to know. And they never found out. And we shared everything, and everybody got what they wanted. And, you know, maybe if the bosses found out, they'd be upset, but nobody ever knew at the time. And, and you know, they were happy that we all got every, every, every sound bite that we wanted. And that's just the way it was. I, was. I was just organizing the local media, the local radio media, and it worked. You know, we can either miss something really important or all get all get everything we want and make our bosses happy. That was an easy decision to make. That's a good story. I like that story. That, that's an, and I know the inner workings of all that. So just see just Josh making all that happen. It's, it's, it's a great thing. I got to keep my ass in the press box in that 300 level where I've said time and time again, the poster, the famous poster that seems to come from the opposing basket where you see Ray Allen taking the shot. Could not be more 
the view that I had at that moment to the point where I wonder how close to me was the person who took that photo being that I was in a press box. I almost wonder if that person was literally right next to me because I'm going to buy the poster. I'm going to do something really big with it because it was exactly my view of that shot. When we come back, I know we got to go to break. I'll tell you a very good story about Ray Allen and shooting three-pointers. I think you'll like this. Oh, I can't wait. That's what we call a radio tease on the other side. Final segment of the Donovan Frito Show right here on Slam Radio, Sirius XM 145. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two Aniga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apola. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. 
See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Final segment here of Donovan Frito on Slam Radio. After this, the youth on the air here at one o'clock Frito I gotta hear the story go for it by the way who needs Dono uh, oh did I say that out loud I didn't say that out loud did I? <laughs> yeah, who needs Dono man I think it's the it's the Milian it's the Frito Emilian show there I like that better you know what what, what I like about let me get to the story I was going to tell people see LeBron on the court and Anthony Davis and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and Ray Allen they don't see, and we didn't even see as reporters. I mean, we got to watch the end of practices, nothing that they were working on that was super secret, but the end of practices, we were out up there on the practice court at the AAA, one level above the, uh, the, the, the regular court. It's uh, the practice court, which is actually one and a half basketball courts. It's huge. And people don't see the behind the scenes work that these guys put in. It, it, I, you know, it's just, it's tremendous. Um, how much work these guys put in. So Larry, we would go up to practice and sometimes we would see on the far court, Ray Allen, no shirt on, just shorts, shooting threes, one after another. I mean, we probably witnessed a hundred shots or 150 shots after we got up there. Lord knows how long he was doing it before we got up there. And he'd have one or two guys rebounding and he would sit there and he'd get a shot. And sometimes he would step back and sometimes he would just be beyond the arc and he knew it, but he knew where that three-point line was at all times. And just shoot one three after another. At the time, he was the all-time three-point shoot uh, champion. You know, he, he had more three-pointers than anybody in NBA history. His legacy was cemented. He was going into the Hall of Fame no matter what. And this is before that game six shot. He was going to be in the Hall of Fame no matter what. And he's shooting one shot after another. And again, sometimes he had to back up. Other times he didn't. But it was not surprising at all in game six. I mean, because he must, you know, he did these hundreds of times, probably a lot more before we got up there than after. And I would just sit there in amazement as to how hard this guy was working on his three-point shot. And so when Chris Bosh gets that rebound and dishes it out to Ray Allen, who had to take a couple of steps back before he was beyond the arc, and he never looked down. He just knew where that three-point line was. And I got to figure that's a direct result of all that hard work he put in and never having to look down because he knew from all those shots he took in practice and all the shots he took in, took in games, he knew where that three-point line was and he had to be beyond it and he never looked down and he never had to do that. Basically, you weren't surprised when he drained it. No, and I mean, just the fact that he knew exactly how far back he had to go. Yeah, he you know, never looks. He takes one. those steps without looking and he just takes the shot and he's behind the three-point line. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I, so that was uh, that didn't surprise me at all, and it, it just it, it it really makes you appreciate. I mean, these guys are superstars, and they're still putting in unbelievable amounts of work. Well, I think and that's, it's, 
that's what's great that's about that story. Incredible. Is that that guy's working overtime on his three-pointer mm-hmm. when he's hit more threes than anyone in the business, so nobody's got to tell him to work out. He doesn't need to work out. He's Ray Allen. And he's still putting in that work for the sake of being best, being better, continuing yeah. to improve. I, I just, that work, I think sometimes that's, that's all about desire to win. And I know it sounds a little corny, but that's a guy who wanted to win and he wasn't going to stop out. Can, can I tell you one more story about I love like your that? stories. This is why uh, I signed up. I think the last, I don't remember the last team that Patrick Ewing played for. Was it Houston or Orlando? Whatever he did, he, he you know, it was, it was the waning year of his career, the last year of his career. And, and teams, what they do the day of the game, if they haven't played the night before, they have a morning shoot around. Just come, do some light shooting, and just get a, you know, a light workout in. They, they shower, they go back to the hotel, they rest up, and then they come and play that night. And Patrick Ewing was there, and, I mean, his body was beat up. He had a lot of mileage on that, on that body, Larry. And, he, you know, he, he was at the end of his career. And this was after just a light shoot around. And, Larry, he had seven ice packs put on by trainers all over his body. Oh my and God. he just, I mean, and that's just what he had to do to get ready for that night's game. And it just, that wasn't necessarily hard work, but that was just the, the, the stuff you do. And Dwayne Wade, sometimes if he would get hurt, Dwayne Wade, um, you know, would be in the trainer's room for hours, just getting ready for one game, because that's what he had to do. The, the hard work they had to put in to, uh, to get ready for a, just a regular game. Can I have some Cuban coffee as well? I wish I could give you some Cuban coffee. I'm having some on the air. Uh-huh. This is fantastic. This is, se- this is this great. This is my second thermos of coffee right here. So I'm, I've got plenty, and I'll probably head drink more later. When we, so when we bring it, it back in, when we bring it back in studio, we have the coffee maker here. So I guarantee you, 100 that we will, uh, we will make you coffee at your request. I promise you. Have you ever had like a, a you know one of those styrofoam cups of Cuban coffee? All I've had is a little shot. Have you ever had like a bigger one of Cuban coffee, like that, that size? Which one do you want? <laughs> Have you ever had the one in your right hand? I mean, that size before. Have you ever had a, a uh, Cuban uh, all coffee? Cuban coffee? I hate to admit it, but yes, yes. And, and I don't are recommend you bouncing it. off the walls when you have it. But yeah, you used to see me sometimes. That's when I would go into the Dos Amigos show. <laughs> that was the only way I could stay up for 19, 20 hours and do what I did yeah. and go back to work the next day four hours later. Yeah, I, I was I was always a big Cuban coffee drinker. I've I've toned it down a bit in my old age, but it is always a good pick me up at this time of day. I mean, something a little later, so it's always good. It's uh, it, it, well, we're in Little Havana, so coffee. when in Rome, right? Like, uh, that's what we do here. So I, I had to have a little Cuban coffee. Well, I love Cuban coffee, but I've never had, like, the styrofoam cup worth. I probably should do it once. Just I'll be bouncing off the walls. What the hell? Who cares? I, I suggest you keep it to the small cups, maybe a couple, right, Frank? Because I could see Frito really just, just uh, if he's not used to it, that caffeine will make you bounce and bounce and bounce and bounce. If you don't believe us, there's a good comedy sketch from Gabriel Iglesias, and he talks about the first time he ever had Cuban coffee. <laughs> Phenomenal story. <laughs> okay. Can I can I YouTube that? Yes, you yes, can. Yes. You absolutely can. I've seen that before as well. Um, okay. I won't get a chance to talk to you beforehand. Uh, game two and the rest of the series. I know you're not a big predictor, but what do you think? I mean, do you think game one is the sign of the doom to come? Or is this just one game, an anomaly, and the Heat can keep up with well, these Well, I would normally – I don't know if, the, if I ever thought we could keep up or not. I think it'd be more competitive, but if Goron is, even if he comes back, he's hobbled. And if Bam comes back, he's hobbled. I, I just don't think that, uh, you know, the, the Heat can overcome. I think the Heat needed everything against the Lakers. And if they're really hobbled by, and don't forget Jimmy Butler, he was limping a little bit uh, as well with a, with a leg problem. 
I don't see how the Heat can keep up. If it's not a sweep, I think it's going to be the Lakers uh, in five. And that's nothing against the Miami Heat. The fact that they got here in the first place, I think, is a tremendous test, tremendous testament to them. I just think they're overmatched. I, uh, I, I think it's, yeah, I don't think... I don't think they can overcome this one. Like, I thought they had a chance in this series, but the perfect storm of caca that was yesterday makes it very, very difficult to believe that they, they'll be able to do this. But I'd like to think the way Frank thinks, right? It's one game. Uh, maybe yeah. they can come back and overcome in game two. I just, it's to win four times and then to be, you know, down a guy like Goron and, and guys not 100%, you start, you start to get a little concerned. And, and I don't know that they have enough gas in that tank to make that happen. But we'll see. I think tomorrow's game will be... A, a big telltale sign of that baseball is it is it the Dodgers is the National League belong to the Dodgers do they make it to the World Series do they win this whole thing you know how baseball is that sometimes you pay dues for a couple of years and then you finally overcome and win uh, do you think that that's the case for the Dodgers or is this wild and crazy playoff format open up for other teams to come through and maybe shock the world maybe the Padres in the National League or or a team like the White Sox in the American League well, when you have a seven-game series, now all of a sudden, you know, you can spare a bad day at the office. You can overcome that. Uh, the Dodgers, I think, have the best team. But you know what? Anything can happen in, in a relatively short series. So I, in the past couple of years, I thought they'd win it, and they lost to the Red Sox. They lost to the, the cheating Astros. Um, but they, they have a greater chance. I'd like to think my – and I know Frank does. My Cubs can come back, win two in a row, and then go on and uh, fly the W and win the whole damn thing. Yeah. Now you guys now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, freedom. Go ahead. Oh, give me a break. They're not going to win today. <laughs> Stop it. You're going to jinx my mornings. Nah, don't I, do I, it. I tweeted out yesterday, Go Cubs Go, and someone tweeted back, and I was very clever. He said, you misspelled Marlins. And I went back like, did I say no? Oh, you just sitting around. I thought that was really brilliant. <laughs> That's very – and God knows you covered that team forever in a day. So basic yet effective. Oh, man, yeah. that's so good. I uh, I think the Dodgers pull out of the National League just fine, and, and the American League is a funny little thing there. That I, You know, do I want to say the Yankees? Of course I want to say the Yankees, but I don't think the Yankees can get by the Rays in the next round if that's the case. By the way, sorry guys for interrupting, but this is coming in. Starling Mar- Marte will not uh, – sorry, will play, but is not likely to be hitting today. For the so he'll dress yeah, out. He's got a broken, broken finger, so um... – Unreal. See? Yeah, you know, so the, 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 you know, I think, I, again, that, the Rays is a team I'd love to root for because they're a small market team. They have a low payroll, and yet they're competitive every year. They do it. They do a tremendous job there. We shall see how this comes about. Uh, I like the fact that we have five games today and potentially some more tomorrow. And um, I didn't like having such an expanded format, but I did uh, – I did enjoy this week. It's uniqueness. It's it's very different. I also enjoyed co-hosting with you, Josh. I hadn't done this in a very, very long time. Oh, it's a lot of fun. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know who that guy is. And on know? a serious note, if he's got a miss, whenever he's got a miss, I'll I'll step in gladly. I don't want to miss. I don't want you missing your airtime anymore because this was fun. Uh, we have a fun, whole. A you know that for me, I can hear your stories, and and that alone for me is great radio. But Thank you. appreciate your time, guys. Coming up next, the youth. You've been listening to Donovan Frito on Slam Radio. This is the Amigo signing off. So long, everybody. The views and opinions expressed on the Donovan Frito Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.